Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. A man in Maryland was hurt when he drove his golf cart into a tree at a nudist colony. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I wasn't nude. I was wearing a golf glove. Yeah, well, you know, that's not a lot. That's not... That's not giving full coverage, as we as we say. I've got to, I mean, I read that story in the paper today. I didn't know that there were any nudist golf In Maryland. Courses. And I'm in Maryland. I can't even imagine. I'm a 20 with my clothes on. I mean, I, I think I'd be well, maybe really terrible. maybe this guy's really good. Where in Maryland? I hope not near my house. I think it's, I think I read it was Anne Arundel County, which oh, yeah, is like yeah. close in. Very That's crazy out there, though, in Anne Arundel. It's completely crazy. Get it on out there. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Niners and Patriots roll. Aaron Rodgers throws an insane touchdown pass. And Joe Flacco calls out his coordinator. But we begin today with the weekend disaster that befell the Washington Nationals as they lost all three home World Series games to the Houston Astros. The Nats didn't hit at all in those three games, but let us start small. The Nats were down 4-1 to in the seventh last night. Juan Soto had just homered. Ryan Zimmerman had just walked. Victor Robles worked the count to 3-2 and against Garrett Cole, and then he was called out on a clearly high and outside pitch end of rally. Wilbon, can the Nats blame that loss on the umpire? No, but I, I know Davey Martinez was demonstrative from the dugout. Yeah. In that moment, I thought he's got to get himself thrown out. He has to go out there and just come short, come short of taking a swing at the umpire. First of all, Saturday night's home plate umpire was an embarrassment. And he should be downgraded, and he should not be working any more World Series games. I don't know if he is, but he was awful. That's the worst ball strike assessment for an entire World Series game I've ever seen, and I've been watching this stuff for 55 years. Yeah. Last night, that altered the game. The Nats didn't score, Tony. Their bats are anemic, I know. Yeah. But you're looking for something. You're going to have another man on base. You rallied after two outs the entire postseason. That was another embarrassment. It was like NFL officiating. It was so bad, and Rob Manfred needs to say something If I'm Davey Martinez, I'm throwing bats. I'm throwing everything on the field because they screwed his team. So I love the Nats. I root for the Nats. There were two really bad calls last night. There was the call on Robles and the missed third strike on Correa, and then he hits the home run. But, Mike, Mike, that's not why the Nats have lost these games. I know, I know. The Nats have lost these games for two reasons. They're starting pitching has failed in these three games. Each one of their starters gave up four earned in either five or six innings, and worse than that was their lack of hitting. They were one for 21 with runners in scoring position over three games. They did All time bad. They did, yeah, it's terrible. They but never Tony, had the so lead in any need, of the games. So when you need to, we're not talking about asking I agree for with a you break. about Davey. We're no. just not asking for a break. This is a ball high and outside, and maybe this guy wants to go home, but that was hideously bad umpiring behind home plate this is not an, Saturday. I'm not disagreeing. I don't have a horse in this like you do. It's I'm okay. a little if Washington, had but gone I'm a out, fan. If Davey had gone out and got tossed. Kicked dirt. That would have been fine. He should have gone Billy Martin but the Saturday end game and here, Sunday. The end game is Rendon's popping up on first pitches. Yeah, and Zimmerman and Kendrick. 
Impatient and he's just striking out. I mean, it, you've won for 21 with Zimmerman's scoring position. Zimmerman's strikeout where he swings at a ball a foot over his head at 98 miles an hour and then waves at a ball on the outside. It's the worst at bat I've ever seen him have. Need Strasburg so to true. win tomorrow night. Need it. It can happen. They can still win. They got two that's aces. Right. They're still in it. They're still in it. Yeah. They need replacement umps. That's what they need. Let's move to the NFL, Tony. And zero in on the two remaining unbeaten football teams, the somewhat surprising Niners and completely expected Patriots. The Niners had a routed home, putting up 51 on the Carolina Panthers. And the Patriots had a little bit more of a struggle at home against the Brownies. Tone, the Niners and Patriots have the two best defenses in football, and I presume you have them one and two in your Kornheiser Power Index. But which one are you more impressed with? Okay, so one of the reasons, I'm going to say San Francisco, and one of the reasons is unfair, but you have alluded to it. Last year, the 49ers were 4-12. and 12, So this is completely unexpected, whereas last year, the Patriots won the Super Bowl, so we assume they're going to be terrific every single year. The other reason for me is that I'm a little bit concerned right now with the Patriots, they haven't played. They played one team that's pretty good, Buffalo. The okay, yeah. the 49ers have beaten the Rams and the Panthers, who I think are pretty good teams. But the Patriots have beaten garbage, as we like to say. So I'm afraid I'm downgrading them a little bit for that. Tony, you don't have to be afraid of that. That's the way you have to do this. We're asking about two teams. We're talking about tiebreakers since they're both undefeated. Yeah. And I'm going the same way as you, strength of schedule, which is if we were going to apologize that in college football, there wouldn't be a college football season. So, no, you know, the, the teams that the 49ers have beaten, you mentioned two teams that are pretty darn good, pretty good still, yeah. maybe even very good, the Rams and the Panthers. They're a threat. People, Some people thought the Rams were going to win the NFC this year. We came into the season. Obviously, they had a, a tough stretch. But I'm going, I'm going with the 49ers. The defenses are equal. They're and great. And I say equal. They're, they're great. They're both great, great defenses, Nick Tony. Bosa and I think is a this wild is going to shock you. you know? Bosa could be the MVP. He's terrific. Tony, I'm going to shock you now and tell you that I think the Niners' offense is better. Than well, the Patriots' offense. Well, Brady's throwing right it in the ground. If, it, if, if he doesn't get an open receiver in 1.5 seconds, in the ground. it's in the ground. Let me just say yeah. this. As somebody who lives in Washington, D.C., and looks at Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur Ooh. with the Packers, Ooh. their combined record is 19-4. and four. And what they have in common is they were assistant coaches to Jay Gruden. You know what I'm saying? And we could, yeah. couldn't get one of them. Yes, I know exactly get one what of you're them. saying. We're going to talk now about two extraordinary plays by two extraordinary quarterbacks yesterday that decided two different games. One is a touchdown pass by Aaron Rodgers as he is falling down backwards, perfectly placed in the corner of the end zone. One is a touchdown pass by Deshaun Watson after he gets kicked in the head and escapes a near-certain tackle. Wilbon, which was better? See, every single Sunday, somebody does something good while falling down. Because that's what NFL players do. They get forced to the ground. This happens hundreds of plays on any given Sunday. What you don't hear on any given Sunday ever is he got kicked in the face. Not in the face bar. Not in the helmet. Not in the visor, the clear visor. No, he got kicked in his eye. With one eye, Deshaun Watson's that great. 
And I won't go too far. You know how upsetting that makes me considering yes. my guy can't throw with two eyes <laughs> and his face clear. Okay. But a guy we passed over, Deshaun Watson, this is not close. I done my favorite quarterback in football for the last, I don't know, eight years is Aaron Rodgers. This ain't close. So when I saw this question and I knew it was going to you, I wrote down that my response would be, I would take the other one, whichever you said, whichever you said, because they are both great. The reason I will take Rodgers is because of this. There is no bailout for him. That's into the corner of the end zone. We have become so spoiled by Aaron Rodgers over 10 or 12 years that he just flicks his wrist and it goes 40 yards. There's only one guy who can do that with him, and that is Mahomes. And Mahomes is only in his second year, I think, or third year as a starter. What Deshaun Watson did was great. I happen to think that the catch made by the Packer receiver is better than the catch made by the Texans receiver. But again, whichever one you took, I would take the other one because they are both that good. The sentence, Tony, that separates them is kicked in the kicked face. Kicked in the face. I'd like to know, maybe we can find out from Aaron Rodgers, if he's ever gotten kicked in the face while throwing a pass that resulted in a touchdown. And by the way, wasn't Houston behind? Houston was behind when he made that. that that's, the, that's the play of the year to me in the NFL. There's no quarterback play to celebrate in Denver. Not today, Tone. In fact, the Broncos have a major contra- uh, a quarterback issue with their starter, Joe Flacco, who ripped his offensive coordinator after a loss to the Colts. Among Flacco's criticisms was, quote, we're now a 2-6 and six football team, and we're, like, afraid to go for it in a two-minute drill. You know, why can't we be aggressive in some of these situations? Close quote. Tony, there's great irony in the fact that Flacco's been ruled out for next week's game because of a, quote, pain in the neck. Ha, ha, ha. But is Flacco right to call his own offensive coordinator out like that? So here are the circumstances. If they get a first down, Denver, they're going to beat Indianapolis. They got a third and five, and they call a draw play. It doesn't work, and then they punt. Look, Joe Flacco has been in the league for 12 seasons now. He's been an admirable teammate for all of those seasons. He has won a Super Bowl. He didn't say much at that point. He's been benched for Lamar Jackson and dumped, and he didn't say anything bad about anyone on the team or the coaching staff or anything like that. So I think he's earned the right to say, what are we doing here? To call out the offensive coordinator and, by extension, to call out the head coach who's a defensive guy. Last week, Emmanuel Sanders, I believe, called out the coordinator got traded. We got traded up. Got traded to San Francisco. That Flacco. So, they benched him because he's a pain in the neck. Well, and they this, claim Mike he's got your thing. He's right? got that disc deal going, Tony. Does you it, know, you're the expert. We got a PTI expert on bad discs. Does it not seem coincidental and punitive? Do you think he could maybe is. be traded by tomorrow's trade no, deadline? No, 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 no. They can't. Was Johnny, he right to do, do this? I, I, I would like it better if he just gone in and screamed at the guy. And even if people heard it outside the closed doors or somebody leaked it, that would have been better. Flacco could have leaked it himself. You know, he could have done that after he screamed at him. I think you go to the person in question you have a problem with and you say, are you out of your mind? And then whatever happens, happens. I, I think I would have liked to have seen it done that way. I will tell you this, that when Brady yelled at an offensive coordinator, you couldn't wait to yell at Brady on this show. Because he screamed at him.
to oh, Golden Boy. Yep, did you? Let's go to yeah, the well, tape. He's a Let's take boy. a break. But coming up, Drew Brees doesn't miss a beat in his return for the Saints. And what's the significance of Tiger Woods's 82nd victory? By the way, Jacoby Brissett was great at the end of that game. Yeah, he had a great, great. play. That's another play better than the Rodgers throw. Pardon the interruption is brought to you by Burger King. Get four cheesy tots for just a buck. For a limited time only at Burger King. It's mail time where you pick the topics. Thank you in advance for the free labor. And let me get the first one. Mail time! Here we go. Bigger deal, Oklahoma losing or Jim Harbaugh beating Notre Dame? Man, Tony, Michigan took it to Notre Dame in a way that I don't know that either one of us could have foreseen. But Oklahoma losing, Tony, because Oklahoma thought it was on track, and people keep using that phrase, if they run the table, which is so stupid, because they would have presumed that like 60 teams would run the table. Oklahoma is on the outside looking in now at the college football playoff. Right. And they may not be able to get back in. That's right. So the answer is Oklahoma's loss. Yeah, I'm going to go short-term, long-term here and agree with you on short-term. It's Oklahoma's loss. I don't know about you. For me, the ideal championship game would have been Oklahoma-Alabama with Jalen Hurts and Tua. And I I thought that would be decisive, and I'd want to see that. Long term, I think it's Jim Harbaugh in this regard because he finally beat a big a top 10 team and he didn't just beat Notre Dame. He really spanked he ripped Notre Dame. He ripped and so I don't want to hear this stupidity that Jim Harbaugh should be fired, that Jim Harbaugh isn't good for Michigan. He's great for Michigan. He's great for college football. And, and he, you know, they should have tied Penn State and gone to overtime the week before the kid dropped a pass. You can't want to hear this Tony, about Harbaugh. Tony, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it because Michigan fans are fairly insufferable. They're not the most insufferable fan base in America, but they're in the top ten. So I guess Drew Brees didn't need to wait until after the bye week to return, huh, Will Bond? It's not about that. Drew Brees was going to throw for what he was going to throw for, 370-some yards and three touchdowns. He had to pick, so what? He looked really good. The point is, I would not have risked Drew Brees against the Arizona Cardinals. That's what that's about. Not that Drew Brees wouldn't play well. So you dopes on social media or wherever you are, maybe mainstream media, need to pay attention. This is interesting because after the game, Drew Brees said he understood that. He understood that people wanted him to sit out of this game and then sit through the bye week and come back completely healthy. But Drew Brees said... I'm the quarterback here. I'm the quarterback of this team. If I'm ready to play, I want to play. Drew Brees knows he's the quarterback. Sean Payton knows he's the quarterback. And more importantly, Teddy Bridgewater, who has been great, has been 5-0, knows that this is Drew Brees' team. And I I think, Mike, I think you run the same risk every time you go out there. The risk to your thumb, you you hit it on a helmet all the time. But, Tony, but some, some risks are worth more than other risks. I mean... The Arizona Cardinals. They were going to beat the Arizona Cardinals. That's right. I wouldn't have wanted to trot him out there if they were playing the Carolina Panthers in division. I'm not even sure about Atlanta. I might let that go now because the Falcons are no good. You do run that risk every time out there. I agree with you about that. Did the Eagles expose the Bills for what they really are? The Eagles didn't expose anything. The Eagles exposed themselves for being a bunch of frauds a couple of weeks previous to that. The Eagles finally got themselves together and stopped looking like dogs, which is what they had been. 
They won a good game. That's a big win for them on the road against a Bills team that had really accounted well of itself against New England. Yeah. But it yeah. didn't expose anything. The Eagles were exposed against the Cowboys and others as dogs, and it's about time they played up to their form and their coach can shut up guaranteeing and just play ball. So what the Bills really are is a pretty good defensive team that has trouble scoring. They had 13 points yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, and that's pretty much near their average. The surprise was on defense where they gave up 31 points. And even to New England, they hadn't allowed more than 21 points all year. And England, New England didn't get 21. I mean, I think the Eagles did it by running the ball. Mike, they ran the ball 41 times and passed the 24. So Doug Peterson went old school, and that was yes. the right way to go. Of course he should. And stop slurping up his one. own quarterback, who he has overrated. So he put his money where his mouth is yesterday when they had to win a game and ran it. How significant is Tigers' 82nd win? I mean, it's, it's terribly significant, Tony. This was the record that's been out there, Sam Snead's record, for how many years, how many decades? Had this been out there? Isn't there some great photo of Tiger with Sam Snead when Tiger was like a little kid, like, I don't know, eight or ten years old? It seems, it seems, if my memory serves me correctly. But this was, I called you yesterday, yeah. and I said, turn it on. I did. Get the football off. you got to watch Tiger. And then he birdied 18. Man, he's healthy, and his swing is great. I don't know how long he can keep that, but it's great right now. So I think it is not quite as significant for me as when Tiger did it. Tiger is going to be 44 years old at the end of this year, which means I think the way he's playing now, he's got maybe four or five years of high quality left. In the last 13 months, Mike. But not all year, Tony. he got to pick his spots. In the last 13 months, he's won three tournaments and three big boy tournaments. He won at Eastlake in the FedEx Championship. He won a little tournament we like to call the Masters. And this tournament in Japan had a real quality field. The only he guys did. who've won three times in the last 13 months are Brooks Kepka, who's number one, and Rory McIlroy's number two. That means Tiger's top ten right now. That he means is. he's a threat in all he tournaments is. right now. You know what's kind of cool, Tony, was hearing um, the story about Tiger saying he, he would love to play in the Olympics. Yes. Which will be in Japan. Yes. Uh, in, in, in just less than a year. That would be very cool because that's the one thing Tiger hasn't had a chance he, to do. He'd like to gold be, medal. He'd like to be a playing captain, I believe, on the President's on Cup. The president's Cup yeah. Let's take one last break, but still to come, the Bears just miss. We will get the analysis by Michael Wilbon. Yeah. And will the Warriors finally get it together tonight and maybe lead a game? Who's the bigger villain, Trubisky or Negi? You know, you know who I think the villain is. Tell the people. I'll tell them when we come back. Okay. Pardon the interruption is brought to you by Midway. The courage of a few changed the fate of the world. In theaters, November 8th. Happy time, people. Happy 54th birthday, Gus Malzahn. The head coach at Auburn, whose teams are always good, but haven't yet won the championship. Auburn lost at LSU on Saturday, 23-20. LSU didn't cover at home, and still the voters in the AP poll pushed LSU over Alabama, whose crime was playing an SEC West opponent, Arkansas, and beating them. Alabama won by 41 points without Tua, and still Alabama was penalized. This, of course, sets up LSU at Alabama in two weeks for supremacy in the polls. Look, this is going to be great when we get to this game, Tony, the few days before it. But I know you think Alabama's going to win, and you know I think Alabama's going to win. Why? Because Alabama's going to win, and it ain't going to matter what those voters think. Happy anniversary, James Harden, on this day seven years ago. 
Harden was traded to the Houston Rockets after rejecting a below-market contract extension with the Thunder. Harden plays one half of the court, the offensive court, but he's, but he's the offensive half. He's so great at that half, he has been named MVP of the league. Over the weekend, he went to shoot. He didn't get a foul call. He threw the ball off the ground, and it smashed into his own face. Oh, that hurts. Did you see Hart? He's standing there going, what just happened here? Is it going to work, Tony? Is Westbrook Harden going to work? Yes. Yes. Wow. Happy trails to Eddie Pinero's game-winning field goal attempt. This one went left from 41 yards. Over the last three seasons, Bears kickers are now one for four in game-tying or go-ahead field goal attempts in the last 10 seconds. Rather than say any more, I turn this over to Michael Wilbon, Bears fan. The fact that that kid was kicking from 41 yards, an indictment of the head coach. Uh, a, a guy who believes in his offensive genius, you know, it says B-U on his play-calling chart. Well, is that you, dude? That you can't run the ball? You got a rookie running back that had just gone for a buck 30? You can't get this guy under a 40-yard kick? Mitchell Trubisky was terrible. The kick was terrible. The head coach is the problem in Chicago. Where's the coach, Ditka, at 80 even, when we could use him? One omission. We were so geeked to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson earlier. We forgot to mention that J.J. Watt is out for the year. Quickly to the big finish. NFL Network reporting the Redskins are now open to trading Trent Williams. Makes sense? What is a Halloween joke? They're, they're, they're just dysfunctional everywhere. Adidas is reportedly trying to buy out John Wall's endorsement deal. Wow, your thoughts. Last 12 months, just terrible, terrible disaster for John Wall. Falcons owner Arthur Blank says he will evaluate Dan Quinn's job status in the team's bye week. Would it be fair to fire Quinn? I know they have a losing record since the Super Bowl, but that means he was in the Super Bowl. Come on now. Dolphins and Steelers tonight. You think there's a good reason I'm going to watch this game? No, and not for me either. I'm going to load up on season two of Succession. Last Ooh. one, the Warriors have not yet led in a game this season. What happens tonight in the Warriors? The Warriors looking for their first win too, Tony. But I, the Warriors will leave, but I don't know about when. Out of time. Try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. Now we send you to Susie Calder and the Monday Night Countdown.